And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello everybody and happy Wednesday It's the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast And we're going to have a good time With me on the show today, as they are pretty much every Wednesday We're going to start with Brandon Marianne Lee Because she knows to respond to the pauses Brandon Marianne Lee! Hello! It's almost football season! I've got uh, so we're many in a draft tonight. Oh, yeah, uh, we tonight. are. We are. Yeah. This is one of my favorite leagues, and I'm really excited. It's. We'll get into that a little bit in the show. I'll, I'll carve out some space. We can talk about the GDD. Beautiful. I'm sorry, GGD. <laughs> anyway, also with us, back from vacation, super tan, Chris Vaccaro. Yo, yo, yo. Rested and ready for football season. Got a couple days on the beach to relax and uh, back at it. You were tweeting. Live from the beach. Can't miss a moment. You know, have to stay informed. I know. Well, got to stay informed, buddy. Even while I'm on the beach. I understand. Yeah, totally. That's why you have to, you don't have to actively tweet to stay informed. (laughs) I made the mistake of of scheduling a trip to Tulum once uh, at the beginning of free agency. And that was, that was a massive mistake. So I hear you. When you take a vacation during the, the peak times, it's like, whoops. Still on Very my impressive humble brag. Nice humble brag. <laughs> <by Brandon laughs> yeah. I did. I went to Tulum once. So everybody be jealous one time. I realized it was free agency for my limousine. Uh, and I got a phone call. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Today's show, we're going to get into the last minute risers and fallers. Uh, just seems like it's a fitting time to, to do that and touch on some of these buzzy names. Um Jamar Chase, you know, stocked down a little bit. Mac Jones, the starter, but how's that going to shake out for everybody else? Um, I just realized I put Damian Williams instead of Damian Harrison there. Also, maybe worthy talking about Damian Williams, though. Uh, uh, Kevin Fishman, our Bears beat writer, said keep an eye on him. Um, well, I get into the Houston Texans a little bit. The more I look at teams and drafts, the more the Texans players. Oh, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Complain. Go I ahead. feel like the Texans are your team this year, Nando. Like, that's mm. your team. <laughs> No. I think I'm just giving it to you. Like, I think the Houston Texans for fantasy would be a complete Nando team. Like, oh, you there's so much greatness team. here. Everybody else looks at it like complete wasteland garbage. But you look at it like, you know, Rose Petals and Tyrod Taylor, QB1. Why not? You know, like. I don't say, that's not, that's, first of all, it's a poor impression. Secondly. I'm no Ronus. I can't, I can't do it. He can't good do a good Ronus. one either. Oh, get out of <laughs> here. All right. All right. We'll have him on the show sometime. All right. Um, let's start with this. Uh, Gus Edwards, who I find very compelling. Um, he's gotten 15 carries nine times in his career. For those games, he went 100-plus yards. Um, Jeff Zrebich, our uh, Baltimore Ravens reporter, said this when we asked our beat reporters for a sleeper or a breakout or just a pointed question. We have three different columns on it. I'm not ready to say that Edwards has star potential. I just don't know that he's dynamic enough to say that or will be enough of a factor in the passing game. Plus, offensive coordinator Greg Roman prefers a committee approach. But 
In the Ravens' run schemes with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, there's no reason to think he can't be a legitimate number one caliber back who puts up good numbers. Brandon, how does that all shake out to you? Or I guess that and everything else. How does that all shake out to you when you're looking at Gus Edwards as well, you draft? Yeah, well, I think I'm going to be talking a lot about the concepts behind these players more than just even these players because you have to understand like why people are saying this and how you can use them in your league, okay? Gus Edwards is going to be a satisfactory RB2 maybe, the whole year. And, and by the way, that's not necessarily impressive. If you were the 25th ranked running back last season, you averaged 9.4 points per game. If you were the 25th in, in half-point PPR and in full-point PPR, until you know people want to brag about that, well, it was only 10.4 points. So it's actually not that impressive. What you do, though, is you draft a stud, and then you draft two dudes that you play the best matchup. Okay? And for that... He's completely satisfactory, if not excellent. So you play him in games where he has a a great matchup and you take out the other dude and you just switch him in and out because in most leagues, you only have to play two. So no big deal, right? So he is perfect. He's going currently with the underdog ADP at at number 70. Um, That's totally fine. You already have probably a running back there. But if you're going zero RB, does Gus Edwards have the potential to be a 15 plus point average per game guy? No, he he doesn't. A, a what number? I'm sorry, Brandon. How 15 much? 15 point plus game average. I don't think so. You but I think, think so. that he can have those games, but not consistently. He's not going to be a top 10 dude, in my opinion. I don't think there's any way he's going to do that. But is he going to be in top 25? Absolutely, no problem. And he's going to have awesome games. But he'll have some some duds. That's fine. He's in a tough division, uh, you know, in terms of, like, the Steelers and the um, and the Browns, not Cincinnati. But, you know, uh, so he's going to have some bumps in the road, which is fine. He's not getting drafted as an RB1. So I think people are really overdoing Now we're overvaluing him. No, we're not. He's exactly where he should be for what you're going to use him for. Well, he's a he's a top four round guy now in the high stakes market. He comes off the board uh, in the top fifty every draft now. Uh, to get a guy in a run heavy offense, um, you know that just basically, you know, you, you take J.K. Dobbins out now, and a Gus Edwards type that's going to probably get fifteen to twenty carries, always be in there on the goal line, has every week touchdown potential. Uh, I think he's a pretty safe bet for a strong RB2 and uh, make a run at an RB1 season. Uh, they love this guy, and that's what I think people are forgetting. In the offseason, they knew they had J.K. Dobbins. They still went and offered him a two-year, $9.5 million contract, basically $5 million a year, to come in and be in a timeshare with Dobbins. So if J.K. Totally. Dobbins was coming off the board in the top 30, 35 in most high stakes drafts, you're getting a pretty good value anytime Gus Edwards falls into that mid fourth round, in my opinion. Um, and and I, I he's definitely on my radar now for sure. Um, anybody that benefited in the you know these lead up to all these drafts uh, all summer long and got him at the value, he was the biggest winner of off season drafts. Uh, you know, for getting him in that tenth eleventh round as a backup flyer. And now you just inserted a strong RB2 into your fantasy lineup. Is he going to be a PPR monster in these full-point PPR leagues? Uh, No, but he could chip in. He doesn't have stone hands. He could chip in a couple catches a game. 
But uh, to me, the upside here is big time. He's locked in. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, where do I have him at? As soon as the big 14 running backs uh, come off the board in the top two rounds, to me, he's in that 15 to 18 RB uh, overall range, and uh, that's where he should be. I think it was, what, our second show when we were talking about J.K. Dobbins? And Gus yeah. Edwards was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm not all in. I just don't think this guy has the potential for an RB1 because Gus Edwards is going to play a role. Well, now he's the role. He is the role, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, now it's over. So, I, you know, and by the way, again, you know, it's sad about J.K. Dobbins. It's not trying to, like, boast there. But instead it's saying that, like, even when that wasn't the case, he was not some dude that you just forgot about, which is exactly how I felt about James Robinson, too, right? Now that they're the dudes, it's okay that they're going higher. Are they going to be the number one running back this year? No. You're not drafting him with that potential. That's fine. But he is going to be super functional and incredibly good on the weeks where he's in against bad defenses. Incredibly good. So I think he's a must grab for sure. Brandon, what's what's holding him back? Uh, what, like in your, is, is it they're just going to bring you know, Justice Hill? If he can get past his ankle injury, he's going to be in there chipping away at some of his time? Or is it just Gus Edwards you don't think is very good? That and Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, right. I, you know, he's going to be running in a bunch of this stuff, too. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a cap on the running touchdowns. Uh, and I think there's going to be a PPR cap. However, if anyone had a, a pathway to being more of a PPR monster than we ever dreamed, it would be him. Because look at that wide receiver room. We're going to talk about it later in the show. But like I was, <laughs> when I was doing I, research. I don't know if we're going to get to it at this point. We still okay. got to get to save on Austin. Yeah. I know, right? We still that. Oh, well, I, I would just say it's like it's either Sammy Watkins or a Hollywood Brown. You know what I'm saying? So Mark Andrews is going to be a beast. And there's a possibility that Gus Edwards is going to be getting some things because that's it, guys. That's it for that wide receiver room. And I, I, it's a weird, weird team right now. So, um, yeah, so those are, the, those are the things that cap it for me. But, again, it's okay to be an RB2. We need those. It's, uh, that's, not a, that's not a slight to him. It's just that's where he is. I mean, w- would you say that, Chris? I mean, yeah, coming into the season, you can't make a really – I mean, look at all the big dogs that go in the first and second round. So I don't think – and nobody's saying, hey, he's an RB1. You know, he's not – Aaron Jones, but uh, yeah, he's RB2, but they could be high-end RB2 with upside, or they could be low-end RB2, basically RB3 maybe, as a flex play. So I think we look at it a little differently. You look at Gus Edwards as a low-end RB2, you said, around the 25 range. I look at him more as the 15 range, but even though it's numbers like RB15, RB25, you know, there's a you know third round, fourth round running back, you know, RB2 strong where he could be basically, uh, you know, 15 to 20 points a week or the way you see him as, you know, like uh, a low end RB2 and and hopefully 10 to 15 points a week. I got I got one last question before because uh, I feel like we should move on to some other players. But uh, Vicar, I want to just throw this to you and then Brandon, you could please jump in. But because Chris has been doing, you know, basically drafts every night, you know, he just I was in the NFFC room doing this draft, that draft, this draft, that draft. If you had J.K. Dobbins on your team, um, how are you, like, what do you do on a team you already drafted? Like, what are you doing right now? I, I assume, like, Fab isn't opened up. Maybe for some leagues they are, so this could be helpful for them. It's a great question, Nando. I'm staring. Uh, it's a great question, Nando. I'm staring at J.K. Dobbins on the teams I drafted and just staring at it and just crying and uh, go saying, there goes my third round <laughs> draft pick. <laughs> Sounds like Chris I know. <laughs> There you go. You ask a qu- if you ask a question like that, you get an answer like that, Nando. There you go. Fine. Thank you for helping all the listeners. <laughs> no, you gotta wait till you gotta wait till free agency opens up. 
and then you got to, you know, if you drafted him in these last couple of weeks, there's certain guys that uh, maybe went undrafted, like a Sony Michelle in your league, and you, and you can make a bid on him. Um, you know, a couple late guys. Uh, you're not going to replace J.K. Dobbins, Nando. So it's. But I mean, you literally have to, though. I mean, you have to, but is it like te- you is know, Tevin Coleman, Ty deeper, Johnson? If you were in a, say it again, like Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, like that, that waiver wire. Yeah, let I me mean, ask you listen, this then. Tevin, it all depends on how deep we're talking league wise. But if you're in like a home league, uh, yeah, Tevin Coleman, Sony Michelle, um, you know, uh, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of how deep certain leagues would be where these guys would be sitting on the wire. Those are just the two names that come to my mind, just trying to get a running back off waiver wires before the season starts that, um, you know, comes out. How about Tony Jones from, um, you know, the Saints? Looks like he's going to be the legit number two. The kid, uh, you know, Williams now in Baltimore, who everybody's saying is the number two now, uh, not Justice Hill. Guys like that plunk on your roster. Maybe Gus Edwards goes down early in the season, and and that's who you replace him with. Um, you know, you're gonna to have to go back? to the, you're gonna have to go to the bottom of the pile here and and hope to hit on a, you know a handcuff to replace him. But you just lost your RB one or RB two on a team you already drafted. There's no really replacing him with anything that can give you those points right from the start of the season. You're gonna have to work the wire. And I think strategy wise, I wait until I see them actually play football. To really replace. What do you it's, mean it's by that? Thing. What do you mean by that, Brandon? Like, like let I, the week one yeah. be, be top. For, yeah. Yeah. I want to see who actually gets playing time. Okay. But that means you have to, then you're going to be competing with everyone else in your league, bid wise and everything. You have to be ahead of that curve. You have to, you have to go in and pick these players up. If, if just say, a, uh, I don't know, Jared Patterson from the Redskins. Like, if you wait yeah, until week one, course. and then all of a sudden his week one role is, oh, my God, they gave him 12 carries, and he looks unbelievable, and Gibson looked like garbage. Well, now you're going to have to be putting in your triple-digit bids to go get him. We're talking going into the season, who are we going to replace Dobbins with? You can wait until after you see it, but, you know, you, we, you gotta, that's going to cost you. I think it depends. I guess this is also how people play, right? So um, I think a lot of listeners out there don't use all their fab. And I'll tell you why, because you didn't go hard enough at the beginning. And I I do think that if someone legitimately is the dude now, it is okay to to bid high for them. And I think especially at running back, this is where you need to go in there aggressively, get it done. Um, and I think every year, every league that I'm in, a lot of people leave that fab money on the table. And if someone's a sure dude, you see a James Robinson and you say, oh, my God, the guy can, can play football. He's legitimately the guy. You know, how many people kick themselves because they were like, well, I really need to save this for the whole season. You know, it's like, just stop. This game is about taking chances and, and not being second place. Like, go get your guy. So. I don't know. I think it's just a difference of technique. I'd rather spend up knowing, feeling more confident than like picking a dude who I think is going to be maybe the number two. That just isn't as compelling to me. Now, if I can get that person who's maybe going to be the number two for free and who cares, sure. But I'm not I'm not spending any fab unless I feel fabulous. And then I, pay, I spend a lot. That's how fabulous. Yeah, that's right. Because it's fab. <laughs> um, I'm excited for our draft tonight, by the way. It should be Me fun. Too. It's a good group. It's a great group. I invited Chris to be my co-owner, 
And he not he just he, it's not like he even declined. He just ignored the like the text. I'm so I'm so out of excuses to give you to, <laughs> to decline that I just ignore now. That's all. I mean, we could have been a good team. You would have liked this. You would have liked the, Ronis is in it. So there, you would have been fine. Mm. Your obsession could continue a little bit. Of what? What's my obsession? sweating? Sweating Adam Ronis. Yes. Good luck with your team tonight with Darius Slayton as your wide receiver one and your Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, QB combo. And... Anyway, come on, let's insult? move on. Let's You're move on. Me with we that. got a lot of players to get to. It's draft season. Let's go. Let's hit it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Brandon Marianne Lee, let's go to Los Angeles. Sure. Sony Michelle versus Daryl Henderson. Uh, you know, Daryl Henderson has the finger injury, or thumb I think it is specifically, but how are you, you going to play this one out? Um it's it's such an odd situation to me. I'm a big Daryl Henderson fan. Um, I don't know how much Michelle is going to get involved, but I assume you know maybe halfway there. How are you? How are you playing this? Are you just ignoring both? Are you going after one? How are you uh, approaching this? Uh, they have to fall to me. I prefer. I think Henderson will be the higher scoring running back this year. Um, uh, you know, last year he was the highest scoring one, which was weird. But he was still only the 36th best. It, it you know. I don't think I love any either of them, so I don't I don't force the hand on either. And I think that Sony Michelle last season really kind of freaked me out. So and and I know he freaked out a lot of other people. But if Sony Michelle's there at the end, I'm picking him up because he's basically free still in a lot of leagues. Some people either really believe in him, uh, or he's just sitting there in one of your last rounds. So and and by the way, he's one of those people that literally his ADP is that varied. It is all over the map. So if he's still there and I'm like picking like randos, for sure. But otherwise, meh. It's a meh for me. And Vicaro, what's his upside? Uh, who Henderson? Well, either of them. You just take. Yeah. The same all right. Course. So you know, right now, I, I would be buying the dip on on Henderson now in drafts because this Sony Michelle, uh, you know, trade just scared everybody away from Henderson. But here, you know. 
Do we believe McVeigh with what he says? No. I mean, he's, you know, under the Belichick tree. You can't really trust him. But when you just look at this backfield, I don't really believe in Sony Michelle. I think he's been a below average running back for a couple of years now, fighting injuries. So Daryl Henderson went from the apple of everybody's eye being drafted in the, you know, the fourth round to last night. I was making a decision in the sixth round of taking him or not. Um, uh, in a high stakes draft and I actually passed on him it, it might have been a, a regret looking back but um, you know guy could catch the ball and um, you know I think he's in the the positive side of a uh, of a timeshare maybe like a 60 40 timeshare with Sony Michelle uh, I'm not in love with either one I'm like Brandon on this one I don't target either one of these guys Sony Michelle has moved up now to a top 100 back he won't be on many of my teams, um, but uh, you know Henderson's now falling, and as a as an RB two on a, a zero RB build, uh, it's it's an interesting running back to to add to your team. There's you know the the running back the running backs right now. Just to, to step back for a second and give an overview of what drafts are looking like earlier in the draft season, even two three weeks ago. That everybody talked about that running back dead zone. That was the big fantasy Twitter, you know, term. The dead zone. Oh, fantasy Twitter. Oh, can, how, when can we can we retire fantasy Twitter? Uh, no. Forever. I mean, that's, I know you love it. Well, I mean, you're, you're in the industry. It. What what don't you love about everybody talking about <laughs> fantasy football on Twitter, Nando? It's not. You I don't feel like fantasy Twitter is different. Okay, so. It's too much. All right. So you have all your big elite backs. You have your, 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 you know, your first couple rounds. Then you go into that, you know, Swift and, and, you know, Montgomery tier. And then there was really nothing much. But now all these guys are starting to move into it. There's the Daryl Hendersons. There's Miles Sanders is falling into that. Josh Jacobs. Um, and now even guys moving into it like a Damian Harris. So now that those middle rounds are becoming appealing to heavy wide receiver early drafters and uh, Henderson is is that type of back to target for you know those let me throw in Mike Davis as well so not to get off the topic of Michelle versus Henderson but those fourth fifth sixth rounds of drafts now are actually becoming you know you know clustered with decent running back options I also want to say all running backs need a backup that doesn't mean they lost their job and I, I yeah, again, I'm talking right. about concepts. You're right, like, Brandon. I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> everything is a timeshare now. Anyway, you know, not every yeah. team is, uh, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey led running backs. Well, Mike Davis. I think Atlanta, especially now, like the cuts they made. I drafted Quadri Allison in, in my draft last night, 14th round. Um, I think he's a really strong cuff now. Uh, you know, for all the people, listen. When you're in deeper leagues, you're gonna have to. Not everybody could just build a, a huge running back draft depth chart you know you're gonna have to draft these handcuffs and I think Quadre Allison is starting to move into that territory of maybe not the Tony Pollard's and and Alexander Madison's and AJ Dillon's of the world but right after that because if you're not a Mike Davis fan and and you're not a uh, you don't believe in him which a lot of people in the fantasy industry aren't well but what more do they have to do like I mean they've cleared out everybody who I know. know But that's yeah. why you take a shot on <laughs> it. Patterson so isn't going to be. But that's why yeah. you take a shot on a Quadre Allison, you know, like where he's right. going right now. But who was Only... the other guy you just mentioned, Nando? You said a name. Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Patterson. Oh, uh, no. 
Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like that's it's I mean, like so you gimmicky. look at. I, I totally that's, think I don't know how you feel. They're, they're totally going to bring in another running back in the next week. I feel. Um, Why they haven't done it yet? I know, but you know, cuts and and a lot of people hitting the street, and uh, I think they make a move and bring someone else in. Only 24 running backs played in more than 50% of their team's offensive snaps last year. So everyone's in a little bit of a share, okay? So I don't understand why we're all so concerned. You're, you're literally going to have to pick someone who's a little bit in a share at some point in your draft. So get comfortable, ease into that chair, and relax. <laughs> uh, speaking of relaxing, <laughs> I had two drafts at the same time last night. And Marcus oh, Callaway. Yeah, I know. I know. I oh, forgot. Boy. You know, let me tell you what I haven't done this year is put my drafts into my Google calendar like I should have. Oh, no. And I'm just like, oh, when it comes up, they'll send a reminder. When they do, when got, they do yeah. uh, let you know in the fourth round that, hey, Nando, we have, we have a draft going on. You've been auto-picked the first three rounds. No, I got the text like, hey, reminder, draft is tonight. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my God, crap. Nice. Um, Way to anyway, be prepared. Anyway, go ahead. I, I was prepared for the draft. I just didn't know when it was. <laughs> Okay. Marquez Callaway. Yeah. Uh went earlier than I mean he's going earlier and earlier and Flying all the hype Jameis Winston. Flying. Right? Like is there he's so he's Cat Terrell's breakout in the, the beat writer roundups that we did. She picked him as the breakout and she would have picked him as a sleeper if she said we did this a week earlier. Mm-hmm. Um but now like cat's out of the bag, man. Like every, like everybody's on Marquez Callaway. Yeah. Um is there a chance we're overhyping him a little bit? Vaquero? Uh yeah. Yeah, because I see some crazy numbers now in terms of my my draft last night. He went uh, at the seventy two seventy three turn. That's the sixth seventh round right there um, for me. Maybe maybe because of the uh, Michael Thomas news yesterday that he's pupped and uh, you know he's automatically that, out. Though. Say that again. Everyone, I, mean, I think people were no him no being because like there was the rumor the there was the rumors that you know a week ago that. You know, he was ahead of schedule and that he might only miss the first couple. We Everybody says couple weeks, but nobody knows if couple means two or seven. Like, um, you know, so I think that was holding his ADP down a little bit. He obviously, the last preseason game goes off. You know, he's going to be the main target in that offense. So, listen, is it for me to take him where I see him going in the 60s, 70s range? No, that's not for me. But I could see it paying off 100% with Winston back there slinging it. And and right now, there's nothing in this offense. It's, you know, receiver-wise, it's just Callaway. They don't have anything else. It's a garbage offense. So, um, yeah, he's going to get heavily targeted earlier in the season. And now that you don't have to worry about Michael Thomas coming in, you know, I think it's a big-time early season play. Maybe you take a Callaway and then you... You know, later on in your draft, take a Rashad Bateman and you play that game where you know Callaway's going to be there for you and in your starting lineup the first six to eight weeks. And then Bateman by that time should come back. And, um, you know, by that time. I like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like Strengthen your end game a little bit. Well, that's how I, you know, that's how I would play it draft wise if I draft a Callaway. Like, all right, listen, come week 13, I'm not expecting Callaway to be my wide receiver two or three. But if I take a Bateman as my wide receiver six or seven and I plant him on my bench for the first month of the season, let him get acclimated to the Ravens offense. Maybe I wake up in week 10 and Bateman's their number one and now they just flip roles in, in, on my team. That's the way you got to build things, you know, when you draft certain players. I'll keep it. I'll keep my comments really simple. 
Uh, he's the number one wide receiver on a team that loves to pass with a quarterback who loves to pass. Why wouldn't you take him? Is my first comment. My second well, well comment this is, isn't the old Saints. Uh, what, what do we mean loves to pass? Like, I mean, wh- are we thinking it's that? It's still the same coach. And, mm-hmm. it's, and then J- Jameis Winston is Mr. Throw the Ball Around. Now, he's also going to throw a ton of interceptions. Don't get me wrong. But he's going to throw the ball, and there's no one else there. So I, I, it makes sense to take him. I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I think that's okay, uh, first of all. Second of all, know your settings. Do you have IR? If you do, you know who you can get after? Callaway? Michael Thomas. Put him in your IR spot. You're welcome. You're done. And then, I mean, as long as you have a, a non-massive penalty league, uh, you know, uh, we were, you were also going to bring up Jameis Winston, like, okay, if it's non-massive penalties. But my thing that I keep saying to everyone is know your league settings. Know your league settings, please. If you have massive penalties, you can't depend on him. If you do not have massive penalties for turnovers, I think he's going to be interesting. Um, it's not going to be a great offense. I agree with you. Uh, but I do think that there's a ma- massive play here. I think that a lot of times we don't look at these number one wide receivers on offenses that we don't believe in, but they end up at the end of the season being pretty good options. So I think he's one of them. Brandon, Marcus Callaway or Brandon Cooks, they're very similar, aren't they? Two garbage offenses, but they're the the talent and the wide receiver ones. And, you know, they're going in the same range and that's 70 to 90, you know, overall. These guys could pay off. You know, they are yeah. going to be target monsters. Now, do I look at the Saints? I look at the Saints offense a little differently than you. I think Peyton is a, is a very smart coach. I think he looks at his team this year and he says, okay, Drew Brees is gone. We're not going to be in the shotgun slinging it all around. He wants to take the air out of the ball. He wants to rely on his offensive line, which is their strength of the team, along with Kamara. I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, a, a lot of bleeding the clock with runs and, um, relying on that in his defense. And I think you're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill coming in and out of the game. Um, you know, so pass but heavy. I thought that, but that I, that's why I thought Taysom Hill would be the starter. Now that they picked mm. Winston, I don't know if that's true anymore. I agree. That is exactly I, I don't how even I think that too. matters too much. I, I really think that just because they named Winston the starter, you're still going to see a ton of Hill. I think Winston is undraftable, to be honest with you. I think that inside the 10s, you're going to see Hill come in. Uh, they gave him too much money, and he, he knows that offense inside and out. There's going to be a ton of rotating. You're going to be very frustrated if, if you're a Jason, yeah. uh, James and Winston uh, totally. owner. Yeah, I was shocked it wasn't Taysom Hill. Shocked. So, I, you know, I really did not think it would be Winston. That's why I'm concerned. I mean, that's why I'm like, well, maybe they're going to throw the ball a lot more because Winston certainly isn't the dude that you go to if you want to be conservative and run the ball and run the clock out. You know what I'm saying? He's the opposite. That is not who I want to do that at all in the entire National Football League almost. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I don't think that we're talking about a dude that – like, if he starts crawling into, like, the – fourth round or something Callaway, then I'm, I'm out but right now and oh, especially if you're crazy. not in high stakes yeah. leagues guys he's still going really low like in the eighth to tenth round okay so if it depends you know our listeners are kind of very you know definitely you want to listen to Chris if you're doing the high stakes leagues. if you're if you're going into your family leagues to this week okay because we're at the end here so this is a lot of family leagues work leagues things like that Callaway's going like in the double digit rounds grab him then but these are two different league types I want to. Uh, I know we have an order here, but I wanted to jump around a little bit. Because, I mean, like Mac Jones, kind of boring to me. Damian Harris, I think he's he shot up enough, and he's kind of hit a a point where he like he's not going to move much anymore. I think Jake had him ranked 
22nd running back before the trade and moving up to 19. Harris? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you agree. Bring him up, I agree with that, yeah. and he's on the move too. We, you know, we just talked about Callaway, Nando. With He's the wide receiver that's flying up the board the most. Well, now Harris is the, the running back that's moving up the board. And I'll be honest, I, I, don't, I don't usually talk about my drafts in, in terms of my strategy. Last night going into my first main event, um, I targeted Harris and got him um, in the sixth round. So uh, that seems I, see, that seems late. From what I've been seeing, that seems late. I, I, listen, I was happy with that because it was. Uh, I took him sixty third overall. There is the cliff that comes at that running back position once Harris comes off the board. I mean, I think there was yeah. eleven more picks after that, and then I don't even. I, I wish I had the board up, but it's just. That's my last big running back. And if you're not the Harris owner, now you're starting to dip into those, you know, committee guys and, and everything. With, with Mac Jones coming in now under center and behind a top five offensive line that the Patriots have, you know, again, not a guy that's going to kill it in the, in the uh, you know, the, the PPR department and catch a ton of balls. But you know what? I think I'm good for 20 carries a game. I think he's a stud. That's a um, that's a very bold number, man. Eighteen to twenty carries a game. They're going to rely on him. He is the. I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Remember, we don't have Sony Michelle now uh, there. You know, James White isn't going to get a lot of carries. Ramondre Stevenson is the guy. I guess that you know they Sony Michelle got chased out of town for, but he's just a solid handcuff to Harris. You're getting a solid RB2 right now in that sixth round if you did what I did and that was, you know, the the one bell cow approach. Get my one big running back, load up on receivers and tight ends, and then come back and hit you with a solid RB2 in Harris. But uh, in terms of the other Patriots that benefit, I look at the tight ends there. I think Jonu Smith with all the injuries to the tight ends right now and the tight ends let's get back on the tight ends when we get a chance later on in the show. Um, you know, Jonu Smith, you have to start moving up your board here with Mac Jones under center. We've lost Irv Smith now, who was a favorite of mine to, to terminate. Yeah, terrible, right, Brandon? I own have him in t- so many places. I own him. He's my most owned tight end. Evan Ingram looks like he's headed for an early season IR spot, possibly, or missing multiple weeks. Um, Noah Fant, we don't know what he's doing. Like, this is the tight end position. Every year you look up in, like, you know, October, and everybody's just complaining about the tight end position. We might be starting in September, and that's another reason why I am valuing the elite tight ends even more now because the back-end guys are really getting uh, beat up pretty bad, and and the position is getting decimated. I I do want to say Jacoby Myers— and uh, I'm just going to throw out Nelson Aguilar. The guy continues to be more fantasy relevant than any of us are comfortable with after his drops in Philadelphia. I get it. But, like, I really think that he's someone people need to start considering, especially in deep leagues. Do you want to talk about, and Brandon, I'll let you choose. Actually, like an hour ago, Chris asked you uh, if you'd rather have Brandon Cooks, and then he just kept talking. So you never really had the chance to answer that question. Yeah. Um, so we could use that as a segue into the Texans, <laughs> if everyone would like. Man, well, so, that was well, good you because it. you know what? I don't even think I did. I, I don't think I did give Brandon a chance to no, answer. No, you didn't. Callaway you did not. versus Cooks. 
Brandon, feel free to answer that now if you'd like, and then we can segue into the Texans. Oh, I think they should be going around the same time. I might give Brandon Cooks a slight edge because he's done it. So, you know, I, I do like that. I don't like the fact that he's such a journeyman and that just has bad juju written all over it. And then he's going to a team with bad juju. It's just a lot of... But that's not technical or stats-based. That's just personal. You know, it just feels icky. But you know what? Uh, the guy is Mr. Thousand Plus Yards, so there's no one else there really competing with him. So I feel fine with that. Um, and, you know, I, I still think that I'd rather have Philip Lindsay or Mark Ingram, which I can't even believe I'm saying Mark Ingram's name on a fantasy podcast, than David Johnson right now, especially based off of ADP. But I don't really want anyone to, to do it, you know, I, I'm trying to avoid this team as much as possible, and especially now that there's talks about Cam coming in, I just am like, this is a this is a hot mess. That, it's that a hot Cam, mess. That, that Cam thing doesn't make any sense. Why would you bring in Cam Newton? It's not. I don't know why this rumor. I think yeah. it started on Twitter. To like, why would they bring in Cam Newton when you have Tyrod Taylor? It's like a solid vet that's just getting you through the season. I think there's a realistic the chance thing. the Texans yeah. don't win a game this year. I think. I think so too. I, yeah. I think that I think they're a one or two win team tops. I think they're a little bit better than people are going to credit. There we go. I knew it. There we go. I knew it was your team, Nando. It's not. It's I really, knew no, it. it's not. It's it not. It totally it's not. is. Nando's uh, Texans. Maybe. All right. Nando's Texans. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Okay. But what, all right. What would make that a success? In your, if they won one game? What would make what a success? Their season? If they yeah, get the me, number one you. overall draft pick, that's a success. Yeah, well, I was just going to say for me to say, that was for, just selfishly for me. Like, what would it take for Chris Vaccaro to be, like, texting me? You know, you were right about the Nobody, Texans, buddy. No, Four wins. No, hey, I, it doesn't matter how many wins. It depends. We don't care about wins, losses. Oh, uh, there, wins. I'm yeah, talking fantasy-wise. Is this, is this um, you know, uh, are you going to be able to get some fantasy goodness out of this team? Mark Ingram is a slug. I don't know what that. This is the worst backfield of all but time. But Philip Lindsay's not. Philip Lindsay's good. Rex but, Burkhead but, uh, can catch yeah, passes. Yeah, Philip Lindsay's excellent at football. He really is. But but why is all of a sudden all you hear out of Texans beat reporters is that Lindsay's running like the third back in this offense? There's no way he's not beating out David Johnson and Mark Ingram as the main guy. I don't I, Aaron Reese is saying that he's number one. I, I didn't see that. Everything I see is is Ingram is the main guy. And, I, I mean, a couple weeks ago, it was David Johnson was the third and the afterthought. See, I, I still think David Johnson doesn't start the season with the Texans. I think he moves. I really thought the Ravens were going to make a move for him um, in the last couple of days. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Something's going to happen with that team. I right, feel like, yeah, and I, I, well, and I feel like uh, another team that I don't really trust much is the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we were also going to touch on. So I'm just going to throw that in there. Um, I, you yeah. said it, not me. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think that uh, Urban Meyer is going to have a little bit of a bumpy road getting into the NFL uh, jam, if you will. And I think that this COVID mistake. <laughs> does that have, I was going to say, does that have anything to do with how he's yeah. being investigated by the NFLPA? Yeah, no, I, but I think this is a perfect example <laughs> of it, right? He's just, he's really, um, you know, it's like all he needed to do was not talk. You know, like everyone knows that obviously people are taking vaccination status into their cuts. They're not supposed to, but when they make it such a huge penalty, they'd be idiots not to, Right. There's a possibility you have to forfeit a game and then no one gets paid. I mean, the the penalties are so huge that, of course, you know, but he just he just seems like someone who's a little bit, um, you know, trying to prove that he's still a big man and, you know, the big thing. And I just I'm not into it. And I think this offense is going to be, you know, a rookie 
you know, quarterback, rookie coach, everyone's just kind of trying to get the thing. So I think people are, un- I, th- I think that it's interesting that people are so comfortable with drafting the Jags, but they're, and the Bengals, which I don't understand at all, uh, but not the Houston Texans. So I'll give you a little credit there. Thank you. I think that there are other offenses that I'm worried about that are getting much more attention than the Houston Texans. And uh, although I think the Houston Texans will be terrible. There's a lot more fantasy goodness in Jacksonville than there is Texans. I don't think there's any um, comparison. You know, LaVisca Chanel is is a really n- another wide receiver that's on the move here. I think we're getting really good value in DJ Chark here because everybody's scared away with that finger. DJ Chark was a sixth round wide receiver. Now you could get him in the eighth or ninth. And the guy's going to, you know, he says he's going to be there in week one. So you're getting a two or three round discount right now in drafts on DJ Chark, who could potentially be their number one receiver. He is that talented. Everybody's treating LaVisca as he's the number one. Marvin Jones, we talked about him last week, solid wide receiver uh, for your depth. So you have three solid receivers, Trevor Lawrence, who didn't look like he was comfortable in that offense all spring. That last preseason game looked like, whoa, we just got real comfortable and took a major step. And then we got a top 15 running, 15, 16, 17 running back in James Robinson. So this offense with a, with a bad defense, I think, could be is going to be very fantasy friendly. It just might take September, maybe three, four games. Uh, but once we get into October, I think you want to have the pieces in this Jacksonville offense. Uh, Real quick, guys, I just saw news that Irv Smith is now officially out for the year, which is crushing to me and Brandon. Um, And that makes sense. uh, And that, you know, I I knew that was coming, honestly, once they traded for Chris Herndon yesterday. The Vikings obviously knew once Irv went in for surgery that, you know, we got to make a move at the tight end position. They go get Herndon. And we get devastated now officially with Irv Smith out for the season. He was the target of, he was the tight end target. I was waiting on tight ends in my leagues and targeting Irv Smith. I probably have 80% Irv Smith on all my drafts this summer. Uh, Big, big loss. Are you going to go after Herndon? Well, you probably already have Herndon. The Herndon is a Chris Vaccaro special for many, many years. Uh, Absolutely not, Nando. And he won't be on any team. Yes, as a Jeff Con- Yes, as a Jeff fan. Do you go to Tyler Conklin? No, you don't go anywhere. Are you stuck like Jared Cook now? Like, if I'm just talking about it's your very Irv bad. Smith yeah, teams. I don't. Are like, you like man? Like now, I got to pick up Jared Cook. Like, it, I'm picking up uh, Rob Gronkowski. Rob yeah, Gronkowski. I mean, this is what you're looking at if you're in a deeper league and you waited on tight end originally. You know, for me, it was a lot of Irv Smith, and then you back him up with like a Cole Komet. Uh, you know, you're taking two sleeper tight ends that you like to maybe make a run at the back end of a top 10 year at the position. Uh, Cole Komet, Gerald Everett, uh, the, you know, the corpse of Rob Gronkowski, you know, that's that's what it's we're so looking bad. at. It's just so uninspired, man. Well, but this goes back to the point ends. I made I wanted to get back to if we had the time. We did a to, whole show, by the way. Check out our show on tight ends. Yeah, but, you know, you look at these tight ends from the the 10th tight end to you know 20th or whatever 25 doesn't don't you want to prioritize tight and i'm and this is coming from a guy who never prioritizes tight end for years in fantasy but you get one of those top six guys and i'm not gonna you know we know the names of all of them you you got a nice advantage in your league imagine being the kelsey and waller owner and you go up against these teams that, you know, have a rolling out Rob Gronkowski or 
Gerald Everett as their starting tight end, you're talking a 15-20 point advantage right off the bat, possibly. So people are going to be moving these tight. That's my prediction now for, for these next couple weeks in drafts. I think people are going to really move up. Uh, I think Kelsey's locked into round one. I think Waller's locked into round two. Kittle round three. And then Pitts and Hawkinson and Andrews are going to start moving up also. Everybody's going to want to be that on the top half of your draft, having a tight end, elite tight end, uh, and, and not having to go worry about this garbage that's at the back end of your drafts. You have to, have to get, if you're waiting, okay? You cannot wait any longer than the tier with Logan Thomas, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higbee, Robert Tanyan. If right. you do not get one of those dudes, that is catastrophic, and you need to probably think about a trade. I agree. I mean, that's, I that's where you're Brandon. at. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and you know what, uh, Brandon? It, it would be nice if we had some, like, clarity on on Noah, Noah Fant right now because— Yeah, he's kind of in the middle of that, yeah. Yeah, he's right there. And, and, and let's be honest, uh, you know, besides Irv Smith, Dallas Goddard was my apple of my eye at the tight end position, those two guys. But, you know, that was weeks ago when Zach Ertz, we didn't think was going to be in town. So even Dallas Goddard comes with a lot of risk right now. Um, it's Chris, tough. how many more drafts? How many more drafts do you have? How many more drafts do I have? Well, I mean, you said you did your first main event. I have how a draft. Have? I have a high stakes draft every single day from now until the eleventh. So, um, and then two and three in some days also. Like we'll be live in New York City for the 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 high stakes NFFC drafts. I have uh, four on Friday in a row, and then three the next day. <laughs> what do you get? What's your Friday look like? Like noon? I love it. Three. Favorite day of the year: eleven a.m. auction, two p.m. auction, six p.m. prime time, twelve team snake draft. That is, and then the New York Super, which will be broadcast on Sirius XM. That's the big one. That's the that's my favorite draft of the year. The hardest one for me. That's uh, eight p.m. Was uh, Glenn Lowy in it? Of course, Glenn Lowy is the defending champion of the uh, Super, and uh, you know, shout out to Lowy. He's a stud. We jinxed him once by accident on our serious show. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Terrible. Well, you did. Maybe you did that. No, actually. I think you did actually. I don't think I did. I didn't. You know asked who him he how was he was going like, to hey. spend his money when he won it, and I mean, I booked, and then you. I booked this guy Glenn Lowy. And every time I he's, see him, he says, "You know who I hate? Win. You know who I hate? Your friend Nando." And I'm like, "Hey, he's not my friend. He's not my." <laughs> At friend. least he pronounces it. He pronounces it right. I got that going for me. Nando, he says. I don't think that's true. No, you're just hurting me. Defino. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let me ask you a quick question about the Lions, everybody. Brandon, I'm going to start with you. Because I got this from Chris Burke, and I, I guess I didn't, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, the Lions going to suck, whatever, whatever. But I'm not sure they are. Anthony Lynn's their offensive coordinator. He was a good offensive coordinator. Jared Goff, I mean, for whatever, is still, you know, had some flashes of greatness. 
But here's what Chris Burke said when we asked about the Lions. Late into August, Detroit has been using Khalif Raymond, Tyrell Williams, and rookie Amon Ross St. Brown as his preferred top receiving trio. Raymond has been almost impossible to cover throughout training camp, too. He's a quick route runner from the slot. He can also be a changeup option on the outside. Cornerbacks there don't get a lot of reps against 5'8 speed guys. Um, I mean, that turned into a Khalif Raymond thing, but whatever. Is there something to be said? Like, Detroit's probably, I don't know, I think Anthony Lynn, looking at his, his history as an OC and a head coach, has been about a 50-50 pass rush guy. He's not like one of those guys, who's like, you know, he's going to run all the time, um, which is a totally different set of Swift versus Jamal Williams things. But Khalif Raymond, Terrell Williams, and Amon Ross St. Brown, and I know everyone loves Hawkinson, but like, is there is there some kind of value we're not paying any attention to here in Detroit if they're going to throw enough? I mean, I know people like St. Brown. He's kind of like a trendy sleeper, but nobody's on Khalif Raymond except for Vaccaro. And Tyrell Williams is kind of like, can he stay healthy? So, Brandon, how, how would you break down this bit of information that you get straight from Chris Burke, who's the Detroit beat writer? Yeah, this is part of the whole offenses that I don't really want to part of the conversation again where I'm just like whatever but the good news is that they're all super duper low in every draft so it doesn't really matter they're just literally taking a flyer and in my opinion this is also a technique question right to me Khalif Raymond is a better flyer because we have no idea what he can do Tyrell Williams had one 1,000 yard season in 2016, which was like a whole lifetime ago, uh, with the Chargers. And since then, he hasn't gone over 750 yards. And I think that he won't do it again this year. So to me, his ceiling is so low. Why draft him when I can draft Khalif Raymond instead and then see what happens? Now, Raymond's done nothing. So don't get me wrong, that's not without risk. But the point is, you take him as your last pick in the draft. Who cares? You drop him for waivers for someone that you're going to play. And I think this is about how you look at your team construction. And in my opinion, I don't want dudes late that are never going to go over 750 yards when I can get someone that maybe there is something to this and then who cares? I drop them. And I I think that you need to have that mentality if you want to be consistently winning because you need to take chances on those targets, uh, those people that could do that rather than the people you know won't. And that's how I feel about Tyrell Williams. Vicaro, I know you just kind of hate this question, but no, no. I mean, is there you, something there? it's funny you said um, I'm a Khalif Raymond guy, but I mean, I know you were joking. Well, know, but know, the truth is, I'm that, actually yeah. a St. Brown guy. Um, so I've been scooping up shares of St. Brown all summer long. Uh, I think he could be a real factor PPR wise in in drafts this year uh, as your wide receiver six or seven that you take in the back round of your draft, fifteenth, sixteenth round. That's where I've been taking him all summer. Um, I like him. He's the guy I focus on. Tyrell Williams is catching a lot of heat right now and moving up boards. But when I say moving up boards, like he's going from being undrafted all year, all summer long to now moving into that 13, 14 range with all the reports that he's going to be their lead guy. Uh, he's going to be their number one wide receiver. Well, a guy like Tyrell Williams, you know, if he's your number one wide receiver, well, you're going to get number one corners and you're going to get number one attention and you're not that good to overcome that. This offense, I'm still interested in this offense. I think it's a terrible team. I think they're not too far behind the Texans, but they have a solid offensive line. I'm still digging DeAndre Swift and buying the dip on him, which DeAndre Swift all summer was a second round pick. Now he's a fourth round pick. There's, you know, oh, is he going to be ready? See, everybody overreacts to, to you know, the buzz and, and 
you know, when the coach comes out and says, ah, I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one, well, boom, there goes one round, dro- uh, one round drop on a certain player. If you can overlook that and buy the dip on, on that particular player, you might have a little monster on your hands. So round four, DeAndre Swift, I'm interested. I've always been interested in TJ Hawkinson, who I still think is the main target in that offense. And then after that, sprinkle in a little St. Brown as a uh, as a flyer. But after that, these other well, guys. That, I, I mean, want. that's three. You've drafted three lions on your team. Well, I mean, oh. I, <laughs> he's not going to do all. Yeah, of I mean, them. thank you, Brandon. I, sometimes I these, Brandon. Sometimes I don't even have to answer these questions. I feel like my my <laughs> I don't even want to waste my breath answering that. But I mean, thank you, Brandon, for just uh, taking. But care yeah, of it. and what I'm saying is, my concept still works for St. Brown too. Just pick one of them. But the point is, it's not Tyrell Williams. I think we agree on that. It's like, right, that's right. not the dude. Uh, so if it's St. Brown or if it's Raymond, I, I would believe either of them as a flyer more than Tyro Williams is like a thousand plus yard dude. I just don't think that's going to happen. And, and by the way, that was with Philip Rivers tossing it around all the time, having Keenan Allen taken all of the de- the defense away from him. Exactly. If he's getting number one corners, I uh, <laughs> it's not pretty. No, no, thank you. So I'm with you. Okay, we don't have a lot of time left. Um, let me hit the Jets because I thought this was interesting. I didn't like Love Michael the Jets, Carter. Had been my a, Jets, your Jets, Vicaro's Jets. Jets. Yeah. Uh, Michael Carter like has a lot of hype, um, and I guess this could be the hype show in a way it, instead of just like you know the, the late season risers and fallers. But Connor Hughes wrote this when we asked him about the Jets' running back situation. So the Jets like Carter a lot, and he's undeniably the team's most elusive back. But this is going to be a running back by committee. Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman will see as many reps as he. Carter isn't the bell cow of the backfield. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say this is news to me, but it seemed like, you know, Twitter is saying one thing that, you know, Michael Carter's the greatest. He's the sleeper, whatever, whatever. And the actual Jets are doing another thing with Ty Johnson. I, I saw the in my draft last night, the little note next to Tevin Coleman said he was leading the backfield now. Um, is this buyer beware on Michael Carter or is this? Vicar, a little bit like we talked about earlier, like target target him for the second half of the season. You'll have a strong, you know, he's yeah. going to take this job eventually. I, I think that's a better way of looking at it. If you're going to draft Michael Carter, don't rely on him to be in your lineup early in the season. And and that is a complete 180 from a month and a half ago, Michael Carter love. Remember, Michael Carter was a fifth rounder, sixth rounder in high stakes drafts. Everybody was putting him ahead of Trey Sermon uh, Connor Hughes, as a matter of fact, about a month and a half ago on the Athletics said, "It's listen, passing the eye test and in, in early in these in the in camp, Michael Carter is by far the most talented, and he will be the lead back." And that drove Michael Carter's stock straight through the roof. Everybody was couldn't get him quick enough. Well, now fast forward to late August here, nobody wants Michael Carter in, in drafts. Michael Carter goes into the 80s and 90s now from the 50s and 60s. So, you know, I've been talking a lot on this show of people that are skyrocketing up the board. Well, let's flip it around. Michael Carter's plummeting down draft boards. And if you take a Michael Carter on your draft in in your fantasy league, just know that you better be taking him as your RB3 or 4, and you better be planning on it not as an early season play, but as things develop, because I do see this as a... He was running with the threes in the preseason games, Michael Carter. He's going to be a PPR back. I think there's a lot of concern in Jets' world about, okay, he can't, he's not good in pass protection, 
and how are we going to put a rookie running back in the backfield with our prized rookie quarterback? That's just a recipe for disaster. You got Sala there who brings over Tevin Coleman who knows you know the systems and everything. Maybe they're a little more comfortable with the vet early on and a guy like Ty Johnson who looks better. And maybe Michael Carter's just a second-half play, but uh, it's a little worrisome if you drafted Michael Carter early as your RB2 in, in draft season. Brandon, I'm going to ask you, Brandon Cooks or Michael Carter, let me go on like a 17-sentence diatribe first, then forget that I asked you. You wanted me to break it down, Nando. That's what I did for you, buddy. <laughs> Brandon, are you, uh, I mean, again, I don't want to get too deep into it because it seems like Tevin Coleman is 15th, 16th round fodder, but is there upside maybe? Like if, I mean, we, we, we've been through, man, when we were doing the show back in the day, um, it was, uh, who's the Broncos running back? Who Everyone, like third round, and then it's Ronnie Hillman. We've been through Ronnie Hillman. We've been through Bishop Sankey. Is there a chance that Michael, I mean, like, there, there's a history of this. Is Michael Carter maybe that dude who just, like Chris said, you know, maybe isn't good at pass protection, maybe can't get his footwork right, and then this becomes like the Tevin Coleman show? Uh, maybe. Or, but... or am I crazy? No, I, well, I think I feel the same way about Tevin <laughs> Coleman that I do about Tyrell Williams. So, okay, he hasn't been fantasy relevant since 2018. He's never been above RB19. He'll be okay. I, I don't know. It's the, it's not exciting. Could Michael Carter be exciting? Maybe. And so you have to hold on to him. Out of everyone in that backfield, I mean, Ty Johnson hasn't done anything, so I don't, you know, he played only in 19% of the, the Jets' snaps last season. Um so we don't really have a whole lot there, but I, you know, I, it, his ceiling is so low, Tevin Coleman, in my opinion, uh, that it just isn't appealing to me other than how low he's going. But now that everyone has said, I'm out on Michael Carter across the board, like what Chris was saying, I, I think that he's going to start going up, especially this week. Um, as we get into the season, everyone's drumming, and then they're going to release the the starters, and he's going to be right there at the top, and everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah. But I think that if you think he's going to be above RB20 on the year, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So I wouldn't depend on any of them. There's a possibility that Carter you know, pops at the end. But remember last week when I read the list of the week 16 top running backs, they were all no-name people that were RB2s, right? So it can happen. But do you have enough bench space to hold this guy, because he's not going to be on IR. He's not Michael Thomas, where you can literally get him off of your, you know, your bench, pick up someone else. Who cares, right? This dude is just going to sit there and hang out. So know your settings. If you don't have that big of a bench, he is undraftable right now. He just is. And I would instead spend my fab money when he's fabulous. There we go. On that note, we got to get out of here. We've uh, run over our time. Apologies to Marquise Brown, but I'm sure we'll be able to talk about him a billion more times before the season's done. Uh, let me just read this one tweet because Vaccaro can't stop me. Tavon Austin. Oh, this is from Mia O'Brien. No. <laughs> We're set to talk to Urban Meyer here shortly, but I would assume Austin plays a role in, quote, replacing Travis Etienne, unquote, this fall. Just want to just wanna put it out there. Congratulations. That's, we got to go. Though. Congratulations. Make sure you draft him in your, your draft tonight, Nando, okay? Or else, Maybe, or you else you're just... Or else you're just fooling the listeners. Put your money where your mouth is and draft Tavon Austin on all your fantasy teams. Well, tell you what, let me see how deep it is. DVR, don't clip that. Don't clip me saying that and and act like that's my advice, DVR, all right? Just. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you talking to? Our producer, DVR, I'm saying. He can't hear you. Okay. I send him a text when it's over. I'm like, hit stop. I don't believe you. (laughs) All right, we're going to (laughs) go.
<laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, good luck in your drafts. Uh, good luck to Brandon in your draft tonight. Thanks. You too. I'm excited to see you in an electronic draft room that is totally impersonal compared to how this draft started. This oh started. man, it was so hey, good. Hey Brandon, make sure you make sure you text Nando that the draft is starting so he remembers. Okay. No, I got this. <laughs> I got this in the calendar, and I paid, so we're all good. Uh, can we go now, please? Chris, why don't you bring us out? Send us home. Absolutely not. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. Good luck with your drafts. Good luck with ours. Thanks to DVR for producing. We'll talk to you later.